There is no one person who could ever say that in life they have never found themselves dealing with bullshit. (laughs) Rather, that's the shit you deal with with your family, your friends, finding love, or getting your coins. I'm your host, Kenya Nicole, everybody's favorite big sis, and this is On Your Shit Podcast, where the strangest shit bring us into our power and help us fulfill great missions. Join me for those hard-to-muster conversations, expressions of life lessons, along with special guests as we work together to own our shit. Own Your Shit Podcast, presented by Stronger Than My Struggles. If you're interested in being a guest on the Own Your Shit Podcast, feel free to send your information over to our email address at info at O-W-N-Y-O-S-H-I-T.com. That's info at ownyourshit.com. Hey guys, it's your girl Kenya here with another episode of Own Your Shit Podcast. And I am now on episode four of my five part series, Naked and Unashamed. Um, I thought about what else would I be a little uncomfortable being a little vulnerable with concerning myself and my life and I think sometimes we spend a lot of time masking our true authentic selves and so I often find myself asking myself is there anything that I wish more people knew about me And how can I be vulnerable about that thing without allowing my willingness to be vulnerable to seem invasive? And so that's what I'm doing with the series. Um, As a single mother... It's hard. And those single moms listening to me, you know how hard it is. It's hard to deal with the stereotype of being a single mom. Um, we're identified as the bitter woman or the angry woman who, you know, files child support and all this other bullshit. That's really not the case. I mean, we have so much on our plates already dealing with our children that the extra shit from people, we just do not have time for it. And so there were a couple of things that I ran across on Facebook. I'm going to share them with you before I get into what I want to be a little vulnerable, a little naked and unashamed with you about concerning my very own parenting journey. And so many of you already know that I was a teen mom, that I I am now a mother of 
three daughters they're all adults and then i have of course my one and only son mr kingston he's six years of age and so this is like my second cycle of life parenting and it's something about the way I parent with Kingston where I was more in a survival mode as a parent with my girls because I was young I really didn't know a whole lot and and I was in a place where I wasn't quite healed and when you become healed you hear different and so the things I did as a parent with my daughters each child helps you embark on a new level of parenting is my belief and I'm so grateful to God that my son came along at a space in my life when I was more intentional about my healing and making peace with my past my pain and truly understanding my purpose and so um yeah let me go ahead and just read you these two things that i share so there's this life coach i follow on facebook her name is kate j toller she shared this post and so i'm going to read it it's a little lengthy but it's it's it has so much purpose in it that i just had to share okay so she said i i had my oldest daughter at 17 her father and i got married when i was 18 and at that time i was six months pregnant with our son we had three more children by the time i was 25 i never even thought to challenge a lot of the beliefs that influenced my parents and until i was in my 30s now at 39 with children who are 14 17 19 21 and 22 i see that each of our children got a different parent out of me my oldest daughter bore the brunt of more of our mistakes than her siblings because we saw each new phase first with her i have four daughters and one son all my children were parented according to their individual behavior their temperaments and approaches were very different so my responses to each of them were different and so i'm gonna pause right there because i can really relate like with my girls i i had this thing because i've always felt like because i was a single mom and it was just me and they all needed my love i took a liking to the book the five love languages and um at that time my girls they were in elementary school and so I identified and understood that they each had a different love language and needed my love in a specific way because you cannot love everybody the same. Like you, you need to love everybody unconditionally, but in order to validate the love that you have for them, it may require you doing that in a different manner. And so one of the tactics I would do would be to give them that special time that undivided attention to let them know individually that they mattered um i would pull one child out of the blue i wouldn't even tell them that i would do it i would pull them out of school and allow them to spend the day with me and just allow them to share their feelings with me express their needs their desires let them know that i love them so that they understood that they were seen because as a child sometimes i felt like i was not seen because you know i'm the eldest of my siblings 
and my mom has five children and my um my stepdad had two children so that made seven of us for a really long time and with me being the oldest of my mom's children as the oldest child you do like he like she just said you do uh, bear the I don't want to call it a burden but you bear the weight of so much as being the eldest you have you wear this expectation of being able to pull through for everybody when you're still trying to find out who you are as a child there's this leadership expectancy of you as being the firstborn and so I found myself repeating that pattern with my daughter and allowing her just to express to me over time through her teenage years how that made her how that made her feel but you know I could really relate with what um this coach was saying about that about each child receiving a different version of them as a parent and so I'm going to continue to read what she said I'm I'm, going to stop my story there okay just pause work work with me through this y'all and so she said that um she saw certain behaviors as disrespectful and applied that without allowing exceptions for context but context can be the difference between sending a child to their room for their tone and their attitude as she did or having the opportunity to validate them in an upset state at the time i did not understand that a couple of my daughters needed to vent that way so i responded according to how i believe their behavior warranted and you know as a child as a child um especially of the black culture you know we're told that stay in a child's place be quiet don't speak when adults are talking and i get that and i understand the level of respect but i also feel like within the african-american community we silence the power of our children's voices early on by minimizing their feelings by minimizing their need for expression and not validating what it is that they need emotionally and i know what that felt like so i really pushed myself to allow my get my girls to be expressive and I do the same thing with Kingston now I allow Kingston to just really pour out his feelings and tell me how he feels the moment my baby gets in the car after when I pick him up from school we go into his day and he begins to just pour it all out because I know what it's like as a child to have your emotions muzzled and not be able to fully express yourself and then if you express yourself your experience of a person or a situation was treated as though and I know for me I'm not going to project project myself on you but for me those expressions were sometimes misinterpreted as being disrespect and I wasn't being disrespectful in no form shape or fashion okay and so this life coach she goes on to say that the main thing that she realized when they were younger is that there is a difference between emotional expression and disrespect 
The same women who taught me that a child speaking was what's on their mind is 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 wrong and that it was disrespectful were the same ones who excused the wrong tone when their men used it. I wasn't mature enough to recognize that it was weird to expect more out of a child than grown people. And again, that goes back to what I, I was saying. You know, I always do like there's a scripture in the Bible that says consider others above yourselves. And so when I'm dealing with my children, because I make sure that I am not parenting from my trauma or parenting my children from my pain. And so I consider them and I put myself in that position, even if I find myself in the wrong and I have to go back and apologize because it's a difference with your little children. And then when they evolve into young adults and then when they're in adulthood and the older your children get, you auto assume when they're little, like this is going to be easier as they mature and become adults. Oh, hell no. It's even more difficult because now you just have to trust God and trust your grooming process that you placed and planted the proper seeds in them that they were properly nurtured and they are able to go out and not just be productive citizens you know but have a holistic life and it's challenging when they begin to experience these trials and tribulations that comes with the growing pains of maturing and you have to sometimes you know fold your hands or put your hands behind your back and allow them that experience so that they won't become codependent on you rescuing them it's just so much when it comes to parenting and so um I could relate a lot with what it was that she posted. And so she goes on to say, because she missed that opportunity to validate their feelings in an upset state, some of her children were conditioned in harmful ways that they must now recover from when it comes to her responsibility to protect them from those things instead. They also missed out on developing skills that they now must learn uh when it was her responsibility to teach that to them, that is a painful realization. And I think my revelation, even though I was a single mom, I was really young. By the age of 28, I really began to understand that my parenting that it was first of all for God to even gift me with my children. I did what I did and it was not um, because I am a woman of faith. It was not done according to biblical practices and it was not done according to tradition. It was, I don't have the traditional family dynamic. However, I held on to the scripture of the Bible where it talks about God's elite lady and his blessings for the elite lady and her children. I just declared that I was the elite lady and that my children were who God was speaking of in that. And I just believed God because at the time it was just me and my three girls. I believed that God would help me nurture my girls and they wouldn't experience some of the pain that I experienced 
all the trauma that I experienced and I just began to declare that they would be gardens whose flowers would not be trampled upon and God has really covered my children in ways that I know that it was only God that has done this and so um with that being said I took a lot of accountability on the emotional aspect with my children and I'm not going to sit here and fake as though I already I always got it right I did not always get it right but when I recognized that I would be doing things that were behaviors that were things that I learned that were just learned behaviors I would have to have conversations with my children regarding those learned behaviors and let them know that that was something that I was working on something that I am working to change something that I would like to transition and I just asked them to give me grace to get better you know and allow them to express how maybe when I did not handle a situation at its best you know I allowed them to let me know how that made them feel and if I was wrong I had to apologize and I had to hear them out especially if I wanted those things to change and so as I continued to read the post from the life coach she said that she had to hold herself accountable for ways that she parented with poor judgment and that even though that version of her no longer exists which is not easy to do because she didn't align with that mindset um, that her natural inclination is to defend the person that she is now but she can't because you just can't ask them to move on from their experiences simply because I've learned better you know and so that goes back to what I was saying that although I was trying I was learning I was allowing my my spirit to be teachable so that I wouldn't be forever learning the same lesson over and over because if you got to go through the same stuff over and over you're learning but it ain't teaching you what needs to be taught to you and another thing when um I think about that aspect of just being able to be teachable you know as a woman of faith I hold true to the scripture that says train a child in the way that they should go and when they are older they will not depart from it and I think a lot of church people misinterpret that and they think that that is about teaching your child to love the Lord, um, that salvation is given to them through Christ Jesus so that their souls could be saved. But if you identify that your child is dealing with an emotional need, train your child emotionally for emotional wellness, emotional health. If you find your child trying to understand who they are, why they are here, what their purpose in life is, train a child in the way that they should go. So when they are older, they will not depart from it. If your child is trying to understand how to properly choose their friends and how to respond in situations that may have angered them frustrated them made them you know god knows i cuss y'all so maybe have angered them to the point that they are ready to kick somebody's ass train a child in the way that they should go so when they are older they will not depart from it you know 
I'm a firm believer of if your child is only learning at school, then you are raising an uneducated child. So there, there is a ethical, emotional, mental, spiritual, financial responsibility that we have as parents. We are not just here to be proximity parents. And it's hard. I get it. Trust me, I know. It's hard as hell. But when you're able to have those open discussions with those children, it helps. It really helps. And I just applaud this coach for being vulnerable and being willing to share in the capacity that she shared. And so she goes on and says that, that she wondered what was so different about her oldest daughter's experience growing up than her son's, that they are apart. They are one year apart and he and her are extremely close and he talks freely to her and it finally hit her that she never silenced him because the way he spoke didn't trigger her he was very soft-spoken and considerate things that she saw as being respectful but he was likely just better in a better control of his emotional responses and she goes on to say that she didn't like the chaotic way her oldest daughter approached her. She was emotional, so she took it as disrespect. And she said that she can now, and she said, I know you're upset, but you better watch your tone is like the things that she would say. So when she would say those things, she would shut down. And it made me think as a parent about the, the layers with my oldest daughter, like my oldest daughter, it has taken a lot of work to strengthen our bond and get us to a better place mentally and emotionally because she was my firstborn. I had her at 17. Um, when my life was layered with struggle and I had no one outside of God to truly depend on because I love my family, but I'm not fit to sit here and pretend like I could always depend on them. I couldn't. And then I didn't want to always depend on them because of the dynamic of it was unhealthy. Anytime, anytime you are ostracized for needing someone and constantly reminded of, yeah, well, remember when I did this for you? I just got into this space when it came to my kids. I needed to separate myself. And so I would move and find places of, uh, that would be far away so that I wouldn't have to worry about people popping up at my house. I just needed to separate myself and try to find myself and figure things out. And I was trying to, and I was working on this and discovering the fullness of who I am. Cause I'm like, I got it. It gotta be more than me just being the single mom. It has to be more than me just financially struggling with these children. I needed to separate myself from what was familiar 
and what I had been seen and shown for years that I always felt wasn't the best thing. So I separated myself and I separated my children. And um, my oldest daughter, she caught the, the flack of that because she became the person that I became depended on when she the moment she was old enough to have to look after her sisters I had her looking after her sisters and now that I look back on that that was not a really smart decision because I was taken away from her childhood and and I think sometimes we we get to this place to where we're we become codependent on our own children as adults looking to find our way in life and we don't even realize that we've become codependent on these children and very controlling of these children and not allowing these children to express themselves and so I'll never forget I was talking with my oldest daughter about a a book that I was working on and I wanted to put in that book my relationship and I was in a very painful place at the time and so I'm one of those people that I like to write and express my emotions because it helps me release it helps me heal but my daughter pointed out to me she said you can't tell that part of the story and not tell this part of the story which it did what I just read from the life coach it sort of triggered me because I'm not using all of the words that she said verbatim. But her response to me, it triggered me because I thought we were at a place of evolution and we were past that. But it showed me that there was still something there that needed to be unpacked. And that, okay, she's right. I have to be transparent as possible and I have to tell the whole truth and not part of the truth and that was hard for me to digest at first because that meant not only did I need to write about that I needed to write that like write my wrong with that because that showed me my daughter had something emotionally that was still there that I just auto assume because we were in this better place and now I'm healed and we're, we're healing and we're working, but it was still something there that needed to be unpacked. And that triggered me, but it helped me unpack it with my daughter and it helped us. It took us a while to work through it because there would still be moments where she would be triggered and she would cry and express that and I would cry and we would have these conversations and then we yell and we get off the phone and eventually I said I have to enlist help I sought therapy I had to enlist help because I owe that to my daughter I owe that to my children the willingness to take out the time and heal those things that I may have hurt, those parts of them that I may have hurt as a parent, whether I did them knowingly or unknowingly. I had to take accountability for that. And I think sometimes as parents, we are not 
as honest as we should be with ourselves when it comes to certain aspects of our children's lives. Like, I can own my shit today on certain things that I've done. And I'm like, I dropped I dropped a ball in that area. I can't go and um, change what I did, but I can rewrite the narrative of why it happened and for and the reason that it happened by actually addressing it, sitting down, having that conversation, being willing to unpack it, even if in the unpacking it becomes painful. And so again, the life coach, her, her post was really long. So I'm going to read the other portion of it. She said, all they wanted was for me to hear them, but I couldn't hear anything over all those South Mississippi voices telling me you better not let no child disrespect you in your house. You got to teach them who the parent is. And so many of us have heard that coming up, but but we want certain empathy from our children as parents. Like, and I did not get this until the death of my grandmother, when I lost my grandmother. Um, because of that relationship that I was in and that relationship ended where I had to pick up my things and walk away. I end up having to reach out to my grandmother and ask my grandmother, could I come and stay with her? She, of course, allowed me to do that. And I'm so grateful to God because only God knew that I would, that these would be the last three years of her life. And, um, I got to experience that with her in all of my life. I knew my grandmother as my grandmother. But this phase of our relationship, I was able to see my grandmother as a woman and understand the layers of her life and how she evolved and became who she became because I think sometimes we have this unrealistic expectation of people and we fail to humanize them and we have them we we want them to live up to the status quo of who we want them to be and how we expect them to be and we do this we we have people that do this to us and then if we're not careful we'll find ourselves doing this as parents because again it's a learned behavior even if it's an unhealthy behavior it's a learned behavior and i had to recognize that this was a learned behavior and so uh addressing that i was able to do that with my grandmother and really get to see her as a woman and that totally changed the dynamic of our relationship it wasn't easy because i had to have hard conversations i had to say things like grandmother that's dysfunctional or we're dysfunctional and me 
saying those things provoked a certain type of emotion out of my grandmother. She wasn't pleased with some of the things that I was saying. But I know that over time she embraced it and those were conversations that we needed to have because not only did it help me see my grandmother beyond just being my grandmother and getting to know her as a woman, it also helped heal me in areas that I needed to heal from, the little girl in me needed to heal from, the teenage girl in me needed to heal from. And I can identify how just that process within itself was helping me come into the fullness of my wholeness. And it has really helped me as a parent, as a woman, as a friend, as a a future wife. It has really helped me. And so I'll read a little bit more uh, uh, from this life coach. She goes on to say, I would constantly try to get them to talk to me when things calm down. My oldest daughter rarely ever wanted to talk anymore at this point. She needed to be heard when she was ready to talk. So I missed the opportunity to hear her. When the moment has passed, quite often there was no longer an interest in having the conversation. As a parent, whether you are parenting a small child a young child, a preteen, a teen, or with your young adults. Can you honestly think about moments that may have passed where you could, you guys could have had conversations about things that they were feeling and you, you missed the mark on those moments by being more of a dictator? Or you miss the marks on those moments because, you know, we grow up being so, you know, we say things like, I'm your parent. I'm not your friend. Uh, I think parent is a layer of what we do with our children. But when you think about God and the many things that he is for us. Why can't we be a parent who can hear your heart like a friend? Why can't we be a parent who can hold true to your secrets like a confidant? Why can't we be a parent who can correct you in love? Why can't we be A parent who can show you immeasurable grace to grow. There's layers to us in our parenting. And when we don't understand that, we don't parent, we dictate, we try to control, we ostracize. And none of those things are, none of those things are conducive to the well-being of our children and this is why when some of our children become adults they get very distant they no longer want to talk about the things that they've been trying to express for years and if you find yourself in that space it is not too late to take accountability to own that shit To reach out to your child or your children and let them know that you 
would love to have that hard conversation that may require you sitting there listening, allowing them to lay it all on the line. Maybe you've talked too much for too many years and it is time that you're silent and just hearing them out. So this life coach, she goes on to say, I could have listened at that moment and discussed their approach later. Instead, I rejected what they were saying because of their approach. I did it backwards. I got it wrong. Once people have calmed down, they often decide not to express themselves to you because they don't want to get upset again. And they feel you didn't care when it mattered to them anyway. The takeaway here is simple. Listen when it's important to them or they may not give you that opportunity again. Even when it comes to our parenting, we have to be very intentional. And I had to learn that. That I had to be very intentional. And the same way I was able to experience my grandmother as not just being my grandmother, but as a woman, it gave me the context and the content needed to sit with my girls and say, I understand you guys' love for me as your mom. And my love for you as my daughters. But I also understand that you are not little, you guys are not my little girls anymore. You are women that are evolving women. And I love you so. And I don't want to allow me mothering to get in the way of learning who you are becoming as women. And I think I believed that has helped the dynamic of my relationship with my daughters tremendously. Um, and I will not front and be like, well, you know, our relationships are perfect. They are not perfect, but they are purposeful and they are progressing. And I wouldn't have it any other way. So much so that even if they recognize anything with me with Kingston, they'll say, Mama, you know, and I'm open to allowing them to insert themselves because I know that their insertion is coming from a place of love. Um, cause I can find myself cause he's my baby. It's no other children. I can be a little making him a little rotten at times because I just let him have his way and you know they help me stay on top of that no mama they can't do that you know or what have you when it comes to them I said all that to say allowing your children to be vocal is not a form of disrespect I believe the disrespect comes into play when your child or your children feel as though their voices have been silenced for so long. 
And when they finally have something to say, it's or they finally feel like I've been silenced for too long. It feels like an eruption and it gets heated and it doesn't go where it needs to go. Had there been more empathy at the forefront of the situation. It's okay to learn new ways of communicating and being as a parent. We do not have to do the traditional things that were shown to us or passed down to us. It's a lot of shit that was passed down that need to be disposed of if we can be totally honest. And so moms, I don't want you to think that I forget how hard it is for you at all. There was this last little thing I saw on Facebook and it was a post that said if you could relate, you can copy and paste it and reshare it. But it said, can we talk about the fact that moms get overstimulated and it's mistaken as anger? No, I'm not angry. I've heard mom, mom, mom since the moment I got up. The TV is on 88. The dryer is going. Someone's mowing the lawn. My Apple Watch dinging nonstop. My shirt's too tight. My hair isn't in a messy bun correctly. There's crumbs on the floor and I can feel it under my feet. Uh, Y'all, I just went through this yesterday. Throwing Legos away. Left on the floor. This hurt my foot. So I get it. No, I'm not angry. I'm overstimulated as fuck and need a minute to get myself together. Motherhood is exhausting. No matter what, someone always needs you. And I think if we have any men listeners who are fathers, please be mindful. Just because it looked like that woman can wear an S on her chest and she can bear the burden of it all and she carries the weight of it with no complaints does not mean that she doesn't need you to pull through and allow her some space and opportunity for herself. For her own mental health. For her own sanity. Give that woman a break, husband. Give that woman a break, ex-husband. Give that woman a break, boyfriend, ex-boyfriend. Help her in ways beyond just giving her some money. Help her in ways beyond getting your child every other, other weekend. Help her. She goes to work. Someone needs her. She comes home. Someone needs her. She goes to sleep. Someone needs her. She takes a shower. Someone needs her. She can't even take a shit by herself. Someone needs her. A child, a baby, an adult. 
someone always needs her. Here's the thing. She has needs too. Let's balance it out. I done gave y'all my little spill. It's your girl, can you hear? Everybody's favorite big sis. And this has been another episode of Own Your Shit Podcast. We gonna own our shit when it comes to parenting. Until next time, you guys. I'm out of here. Cut everything off. Unplug, unwind, and self-indulge. Visit Self-Indulge online for all of your exclusive self-care needs. Self-Indulge Luxury Medispa, located in the heart of Maryland.